Hello and welcome to this week's episode from the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I am trying to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. Now, coming up in this week's episode, I have a new garden gadget. Well, actually, it's not quite new. What do I mean by that? You'll find out a little bit later on. But also, I've set the patio garden up with grow bags to grow some more food in. Find out more about that later on in this podcast. First, what have I been up to over this last week? It is Saturday the 28th of May 2022 today and I am down on the allotment. My my favourite place in the world, I've got to say. During the week, I have managed to pop down here and just keep on top of things like weeding and watering. And I've got to say, I do think it is paying off now. Uh, I've came down here for a couple of hours today and I seem to be able just to get on and not worry about having to do the, the annoying little jobs like weeding and watering because I've done it during a week. So I, I'm really happy with that. I've got to say, I'm really, really happy with that. Now, I have noticed, as you no doubt know, we've been running an experiment this year with different brands of compost. And I've been saying that the compost that I brought from Wix, which is his own brand, the potatoes have not shown their face. They have done nothing. Well, today I have noticed there's a couple of little shoots just popping above the surface. Very, very slow, very, very behind the rest of the plants, but they are starting to show themselves. Now, I I don't know why this is, But of course, it depends what happens underground when it comes to harvesting them, when we will find out just what is happening. Now, the other potatoes that are in the ground, I said last week they're starting to flower and the flowers really have came out now. I don't think it'll be long before we can start harvesting some of our early potatoes. I could probably say next weekend, I'm pretty certain we could start harvesting just a few young potatoes to have on on our dinners, which I'm really, really looking forward to. Now, the plants I planted out last week have all established really, really well in their various locations, and we've had no losses, so they're off to a good start. They're going to get bigger and bigger. In fact, I think in the last week they have even grown, so I reckon pretty soon they will be substantially noticeable how big they are. Now, I have noticed a pumpkin plant. I've lost a pumpkin plant. It looks like we've suffered from stem rot, which is annoying because I try not to hit any water on the stem, which can cause it. Luckily, I've still got some backups. I've still got some more that I can plant in. So it's not the end of the world. I do like pumpkins anyway. So I'm going to be sowing quite a few pumpkins. So I'm going to be planting quite a few pumpkins this year to make the most of it. Now, I followed that up by streaming and cutting the grass. This is a job that I like to do on a weekly basis now, just to keep on top of everything. It does make life a lot easier by keeping on top of it, I've got to say, and it just does make the place look a lot better. Because I now run on battery lawnmowers and strimmers, I do have to make sure the batteries are charged, which isn't a problem. It really isn't a problem. I've got several spare ones, always got one on the charger and one on the go, so it's, it's easy to do. But I noticed while I was using the lawnmower that for some reason it just kept sort of stopping or winding down and I couldn't figure out what was going on. So I stopped for a minute and had a look at it and what I found is this little red key that places into the battery compartment. And basically the 
lawnmower will not run without it. It's quite a good little feature, I've got to say. Well, what I found with that is that it somehow just worked itself loose and wasn't making quite a good connection. I simply pushed that back into place and that got the lawnmower back up and working as it should. Finished off cutting the grass areas and I'm always so happy when I stand back and look at the, the grass areas. Unfortunately, because of the allotment rules, I haven't been able to do no mo may. I've done no mo may at home. And no mow may is basically where you do not cut the grass throughout the month of May and you let all the wildflowers develop. At home, we're seeing a lot more bees and a lot more wildlife just come in. But what I've also noticed, our local area, the council hasn't been mowing the grass verges and things there either. So we're getting a lot more wildlife come around and visit the area but especially bees at the moment and i think that's paying off unfortunately on the allotment i don't think we would be allowed to do it i think the rules would be against that so i'm having to cut the grass here anyway bit crazy in some ways but on the other hand it does make life easier and i've got to say despite me liking wildlife looking at the lawn at home i don't quite like the look of it if i'm honest it does to me feel rather messy and rather 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 annoying now i finished off today by planting out some of my sweet corn i've been a big lover of sweet corn i prepared the bed last week as you know and i've just simply dipped a hole dropped the sweet corn plants in gave them a really good watering to get them established and filled that bed up i'm hoping this year we're going to get quite a bit in the way of sweet corn i do do like sweet corn and it freezes really well we, we generally try and store them in cobs because they go great on barbecues and various other things. But I want to, this year, try and take the sweet corn off the cobs and freeze it like you would buy a bag of frozen sweet corn from the supermarket with. Just to try and free up some space in our freezer. Well, that is what I've been up to down on the allotment today. I am going to head home shortly. And when I get home, I have got a new piece of equipment that I need to build. And I want to talk to you just about that. Now regular listeners to this podcast will know I'm a big fan of a company called VeggiePod and VeggiePod produce these raised garden beds and I've had my medium VeggiePod for nearly four years now. Big fan of it. So much that with money that I got for my birthday, and this is something my wife and I have discussed many, many times in the past, I actually brought myself a small veggie pod. Now, I'm going to say at the beginning, VeggiePod do not pay me anything for this podcast. They have not donated anything to it. I'm doing this completely off my own back. And I'm doing that because I am a really big fan of the veggie pod. As I said, I've had the medium veggie pod, which is a one metre square pod for about four years now. And I have grown so much food in it for very little work. The hardest thing I think you have to do with a veggie pod is set it up. And even that doesn't take long. I sow the seeds, I water it about once a day, just turning the tap on with a hose pipe connected to the veggie pod. And... That's it, apart from harvesting. Requires very, very, very little weeding because the wire mesh on top of it takes care of that. Very little in the way of pests get in there because of the wire mesh on top. And overall, even watering, it can go a week quite happily without needing watering because it has an integrated reservoir that holds on to water 
for a lot longer. So for me, I just feel the veggie pod is such a great idea. Added to that, because it is raised, it comes up to just below waist height. It's very, very easy to work on. Just at a nice height, no leaning down on the ground. Underneath, if you've got chickens like I've, I do have, there's a bit of an area that they can scramble underneath. If you have this on a grass area, for example, underneath chickens can still scramble. They're not going to eat your salads, they're not going to eat your herbs, but they're going to eat the grass underneath and contain them. Also, I've got a dog, as you know, who does have a habit of jumping into some of my garden beds. Well, she can't get into this. So, again, I see that as a win-win-win. And these are just some of the reasons that I'm a big fan of the veggie pod. Now, this afternoon, I have built the veggie pod. And to build it, it's very, very easy. It comes with all tools that you need. The only thing it doesn't have is a knife that I needed to open the box that was it. I mean, you can't ask for any more than that. Now, I started off by, first of all, building the metal stand. Now, following the instructions, it's very, very easy to do. You simply take all the bits, bolt them together with supplied nuts and bolts. I tend to, when I build anything like this, even at work, I don't tighten everything up until I've completed building it. So I, I tie it up finger tight, as we say in the trade, and then... Once I complete building it, I go around all the nuts and bolts and just make sure they are all tightened. With a stand built, it was in time to bring in the plastic growing chamber. And again, this is very simple. The bottom half is pretty much a moulded plastic tray that slots on top of the stand. Then the edges are just clip into place and make a nice edge, which then bolts down it into place as well. Now this gives us a foot 30 centimetres of growing depth so quite a bit of growing depth I've got to say quite a bit once the plastic top was built I then placed perlite in the bottom and then I added 80 litres of compost and a bit of biochar to act as a, a, a water what's the word I'm looking for a way of holding on to water and nutrients anybody that's used biochar will know that biochar is quite a, a good tool to use in the garden after that was built, I then built the cover. Now, the cover is simply a steel frame that clips together a bit like a tent. You attach a spray hose onto the top and then you squeeze over a wire mesh cover, which very, very easy to do. And that is it, the veggie pod is built. Overall, this probably took me an hour to build. So, you know, it doesn't take long at all, in my opinion. I think it's very, very easy. I will admit I'm very good with lot DIY and self-build kits. But overall, I find it very, very easy. Now, the, well, the great thing with this wire mesh top is that it creates a microclimate. It keeps things protected inside and creates a bit of a warmer environment, which helps the plants get off to an earlier start and also looks after them better, in my opinion. But what I also got with this kit is a winter cover, which effectively turns this veggie pod into a small greenhouse or grow house over the winter. So this extends the amount of time that I can be growing plants in here. This particular veggie pod I'm going to be using for herbs. So over the winter, of course, I tend to grow herbs on the windowsill, but I can in here be growing parsley, coriander, basil, etc, etc throughout those winter months. And that should be quite successful. 
Now, as I said, I am using this veggie pod to sow herbs. So today, once it was built, I did sow a row of coriander, a row of basil, and a row of parsley. Now, these rows, this small veggie pod is one metre long by 50 centimetres wide. The original veggie pod, the medium veggie pod, is a metre by a metre. They also do a larger one, which is one metre by two metres. Again, they get more and more expensive the larger they get. But I do not have any qualms with the amount of money that they cost. I think they are well worth it and they really do pay for themselves. I'm, I won't go into prices because prices can change. So that's why I'm avoiding that. But they are available all over the world, not just in the UK. So 50 centimetre rows in this veggie pod of herbs and three of them at the moment. Once they germinate, I will probably sow some more again. But I'm also going to be looking through my herb collection and see what other herbs that we can sow. Perhaps tarragon, perhaps. May not do mint because I think mint might take over. But you get the idea. A lot of herbs that can be grown in this veggie pod, which I'm really excited to be growing. Now, if you've had a veggie pod or have a herb garden experience that you would like to share with me, please do get in touch and tell me about it. I would love to find out more about your veggie pod experience. If you're looking to buy a veggie pod yourselves, then head to veggiepod.co.uk for the UK branch, or just enter veggie pod into Google, and I'm sure you will find it quite easily. Right, let's get back to the gardening. It is Sunday the 29th of May 2022 today and you join me in my garden and I'm just sat down on my my underground composting system which doubles up as a bench looking out across my my garden and enjoying what I'm seeing. Even a new veggie pod looks quite happy. Now I forgot to mention the cost of living crisis the small veggie pod I see going quite well in the front garden, the patio garden, even the balcony garden, if I was so motivated. In fact, even the medium veggie pod could go in either of these places. So don't dismiss the veggie pod if you feel you haven't got room. Have a good look at it and make your mind up, is all I'm saying. But I would say it's definitely got my approval stamp on it. Now, what have I been doing today? Well, the first task that I did today was I mowed the paths around the vegetable patch area. As you know, I have been doing no mow may here at home and I have not got the lawnmower out once here. But the paths around the vegetable patch were getting a little bit too difficult to handle and I could see there being problems with the grass going over the beds and into the beds so I just cut those back around there. I've left the, the main lawn as still no mow may only for a few more days before it finally is cleared out and done. I've got to say that no mow may has been quite successful. We're definitely seeing more bees and much more wild flowers popping up in our garden. Anyway, after that, I really feel at the moment the veg patch is starting to really come into its own and start to look like it is becoming a veg patch. Tomatoes, courgettes and cucumbers are all growing well in one bed and in the other beds, the Christmas dinner bed, onions, peas and other various plants are starting to show themselves really nicely as well. In fact, in the Christmas dinner bed, I had some Swiss chard pop up. Now, I didn't sow this Swiss chard, it popped up in the onions, uh, but last year 
I did sow some Swiss chard and I think that was just seeds left in the ground. So what I did was I dug up this Swiss chard and I've popped those into another bed and gave them a really, really good watering. Swiss chard generally doesn't like to be transplanted. So I had to give it a really, really good watering to make sure it had a good chance. And in fact, a few hours later, I went back and sure enough, leaves had looked very, very droopy on this Swiss chard. So I gave it another watering and I'll probably be watering again a bit later on. I'm keeping a close eye on it and see how they get on. If it fails and the plants die, it's not the end of the world. They were just bonus extra plants that popped up somewhere where I didn't want them. And I thought I could put them to use. Now I've also planted out some celery. Now celery can be very very difficult to grow but what I find with celery is it needs lots and lots of water. So again these have been planted out given a really really good drink and hopefully they will establish. Now what I'm seeing in my vegetable patch area since I've moved to chickens we've got space for one more bed to go in which I'm hoping to build next weekend once I'm able to get hold of some wood. Now in the balcony garden I popped into there and the salad leaves that were sown a few weeks ago are well germinating so I've sown a few more of those in another pot just constantly keeping those on the go. I've also fed the tomato chili and pepper plants that are in there just with some good tomato feed. They do seem to be growing really really nicely and I've got to say that the hanging baskets really do look good with those in. Also a few weeks ago the dwarf beans that were sown they've started to show themselves as well now and again they are in a pot and they seem to be doing pretty well. They just just started off on their lifespan so fingers crossed they're going to do well. Into the patio garden everything needed a really good water. Everything in the patio garden is in pots so it's bound to need a lot of watering. So everything has been really really well watered and then I've actually mulched a lot of the pots particularly the fruit bushes because I'm finding that obviously they are going to need a lot of moisture and therefore try and retain as much by mulching mulching mulching. I've topped up the original veggie pod this is the medium sized veggie pod with some more compost now and into that I've sown some more salads and I've also sown some spinach I quite like spinach I'm a real actually I really do enjoy spinach and it's one of those plants that if you can grow a lot of spinach you can quite quickly have a lot of food in your freezer building up if you buy a bag of frozen spinach, for example, that is like a bathtub full of spinach, which just goes to show how much it can condense down and reduce space in your freezer. Now, I do try and grow spinach quite often, so another load of spinach in, in the veggie pod will go down well. Again, tomatoes, peppers and chilies in this area have been fed and all seem to be growing quite nicely. Now then, finally, I went out into the front garden. And in the front garden, again, this is just pots that are growing in here, which only really have fruit growing in them. So again, I've gone and given them a really good watering. Fruits are starting to show themselves now, believe it or not. And I've mulched them again to try and hold on to the water. Now, what have I used for mulch? Well, Grass clippings are the one I usually use and they're very, very successful and I've used those in some places. But I've also had this quite expensive mulch, which is straw pellets. 
add a few pellets and some water it swells up and covers the entire area really good in blueberries I've got to say really good in blueberries so I've mulched the pots in the front garden and they are underway and growing as well now this leaves me with a final thing that I need to do in both the front garden and the patio garden and that is to plant up some grow bags with some plants and that is what I want to talk about next Well, I'm here in the patio garden at the moment. And the reason I'm here is because I figured this is probably going to be a good space to have some grow bags with vegetables growing in them. And I'm going to set them up and plant them up today. Now, when I was in my teenage years and even into my 20s, and I grow bags were very, very popular as a way of growing, especially with people of my own age group. Not that anybody admitted it back then, but there was a few people who would grow tomatoes or cucumbers and they were often in grow bags because obviously we didn't have much outdoor space in most of us were living in flats now since then since gaining more and more land I have moved away from grow bags and prefer to grow things in either in the ground is my preferred way but obviously pots as well so why do I prefer that grow bags do have a bit of a lack of soil a lack of growing media they're quite contained and what they do do can prove to be very very good but well I know in my my teenage years it wasn't unheard of for some plants to to wilt over a weekend when somebody was down the pub every night however in the patio garden, I've evaluated these to be a very good option as a way of growing more food in this space. So I've got three grow bags here and I brought these actually from a garden centre and they cost me £3.50 a bag, which was the cheapest I could really find them. I seem to recall them being £1 a bag in previous years, so I feel they've certainly gone up in price. And that means they've really got to make the food that they grow worthwhile in order to be worthy of the input. Now the first thing I'd like to do, I'm going to prepare these bags by rolling them over and over just to loosen off some of that compost up. Because they're in a bag the compost is quite easy to manage and loosen up like by rolling them. Um, and then once they're done I'm going to get them into place and pop a few holes in the bottom for drainage just using a fork and then cut holes in the top for where we are going to plant our plants. Then I'm going to water them and I'm going to plant them and what am I going to plant in these plants? Well because of a lack of soil, lack of compost in these bags what we've got to look at is shallow rooted plants tomatoes cucumbers peppers and chilies aubergines they're all very popular to be grown in in these salads can also be grown and i i feel personally anything that is an annual i wouldn't do anything that is going to last year after year like strawberries I feel these are only suitable for annual plants because coming into the season, the, the compost is going to lose all its nutrients throughout the growing season anyway. Now the compost really is only good to go on top as a bit of a mulch. So shallow rooted annual plants. I'm going to put some cucumbers, some tomatoes and some aubergines in ours here. And they hopefully will do really, really well. I would avoid things that only give you one crop 
i.e. cabbages. The price of a bag and the, the space involved and something like that, just to get one cabbage out of it, I don't feel that is worthwhile. At least with something like two tomatoes, you're going to get several plants out of them. Same as pumpkins. Pumpkins will probably do okay in a grow bag, but I would be afraid that they're going to be in there for quite a long time and you might get a couple of pumpkins out of them. Pumpkins that I feel are a great source of food, don't get me wrong. But they're quite hungry plants. Like I say, stick to tomatoes, cucumbers, peppers, chilies, aubergines, maybe salad. And I don't think you can go far wrong. Now, the reason I'm using these in the patio garden, they're going to use the warmth of the patio to help the warm up the compost, which should help grow good plants as well. And as I say, we've got no soil. We've got no empty We've got no access to the soil underneath the patio here. So this is a, a makeshift bed, if you like, and I see that as being a rather good option. Once planted up, we will have to keep these bags really well watered. Because they will get warm, they will dry out quite quickly. They, be, being covered in plastic, will actually hold on to moisture quite well, almost like a mulch, but I do find that they do dry out really quickly, especially in the height of summer. So watering regularly is something to keep an eye. And because they've only got a limited source of nutrients, we're also going to have to keep an eye on and feed our plants regularly. Again, by, by coping them with the, the same solid plants that we can use the same solid plant food in, makes this a bit easier for, for going on into the future. Now, when it comes to staking plants like tomatoes in the grow bag, there's not a huge amount of um, soil in which to hold the stake up. So what I tend to try and do is actually make a frame up that runs over it and then use string for our plants to grow up, much like I do in the greenhouse. This is quite simple. I make a, a simple, almost like a frame that goes over the plants, just out of a bit of wood. And then from the bar that goes across, I run a string down and tie it to the bottom of a plant. And then as the plant grows, I just wrap it around the spring, the string. And then as the plant grows, I just wrap it around the string and it will support itself quite nicely like that. This is just my way of overcoming the problem that we have with lack of soil. Now added to that, you can actually buy these troughs to sit your grow bags in so that they have a supply to water a bit regular. I feel they're expensive, but that might be an option that you want to look at. And you can also buy some growing rings, which sit on top of the hole that we've cut out, fill with more compost, and it just gives tomatoes and other plants a bit more depth to the soil to grow a bit better. Other options that you might want to look at if you are looking at it, but for me, the string works well. Now we'll just let these plants grow and look after them much like normal. They actually don't need much in the way of weeding, so they're quite good for that. Very low maintenance. Then come the end of season, when the plants are finished with, we'll just simply remove all the plants and compost those, and then use that leftover compost from inside the grow bags. Uh, we could actually pour it into a large container, add a bit of nutrients and then use it in pots next year. But I personally like to use it as a mulch around some of my other plants and in some of my other beds. So that is what I'm doing with grow bags in the patio garden. Now if you've had any experience growing with grow bags, 
please do share your experience of growing in grow bags. Right, let's get back to the gardening. It is Monday the 30th of May 2022 and I am in my kitchen. I am actually just making up some asparagus omelette. And I'll get into that in just a moment. This is a, a cheap recipe, although it may not be cheap unless you have it growing at home. But what I first want to say is that today I had another email from my local council. But this time it was a survey about the allotments. I won't go into the full ins and outs, but they're looking at how they can improve the allotment and the allotment service. And they were asking if people would be interested in a buddy system. So if a person has an allotment and has help from somebody to look after it, um, and if they go on holidays and things like that, gives them access to the allotment and gets them somewhere to grow and learn, but doesn't give them the allotment until somebody the, the original owner packs up and gives up the allotment, then the buddy gets first dibs on it. Well, I like that idea anyway. Um, and other things they were asking about, what can they do to improve the allotments? So I said about the roads um, and little things like that. They just, it seems, I've got to say, I have my own disagreements with the council, like saying last week, not knowing what green manures were. But I've got to say, I do think my local council, they do do quite a bit with the gardens. We actually have a garden and allotment association, and I, I think it's quite a big thing for them in our local area. So kudos to Little Hampton Town Council. Now, asparagus omelette this is a bit of a interesting one i picked some asparagus from our allotment and that i've just placed under the grill with a bit of olive oil just brushed over it and in the meantime i've made an omelette using three eggs and a bit of butter in a pan then once the omelette is cooked i just add the asparagus pour the omelette onto a plate drizzle over a, a bit more of extra virgin olive oil perhaps some chili oil actually that might set taste nice salt and pepper and there we go that is our dinner sorted i will add a link to the recipe in the show notes for this episode it's quite a tasty one i'm sure so i, I quite like this although i've got to say asparagus is not exactly what i would call a cheap vegetable unless you grow your own so that's why i think i've added it to this list effectively everything here has cost me nothing except for the olive oil and the butter so i'm pretty happy with that right well that comes up to the end of this week's podcast We've got a bank holiday weekend coming up, so I'm sure there's going to be lots of gardening going on. And please do let me know what you've been up to. My email address is richard at uk. You can visit our website at uk. Leave a comment or leave a voicemail. It'd be great to get some voicemails that I can play in as well. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, then perhaps you might leave us a review on your podcast app or even better, become a supporting member. To become a supporting member, I charge £5 a month and you simply go to the vegrowerpodcast.co.uk and sign up there. And for that, you get extra behind the scenes podcasts delivered to your email inbox. And each month I send out a collection of seeds that can be sown that very month. 
For more details, head to the vegquarterpodcast.co.uk. And finally, don't forget to give us a follow and a like on any social media platform. Always great to see you there. I particularly want to make you aware of our Facebook group because we've got a lot of chat going on there. And again, it'd be great to see you there. Right, well, that is it for this week. We'll be back again next time. So until then, please take care. <laughs>